tell them to sit down. Colossians chapter 1. I've heard a lot of complaining before about preachers using big words. And it's a, it's a very legitimate complaint many times. But there are some words that are extremely important and we should not replace them with any other words. And that word tonight, I have one word on my, my mind for just a few moments tonight. And that word is reconciliation. Look with me in verse 20 as we get started. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached, to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Have you ever noticed in your refrigerator the bottle of salad dressing? And it's, and it's separated, it has separate compartments. You have oil and you have water. And they don't cross lines with one another. They're, they're enemies, if you will. They do not mix. So you take that bottle out of the refrigerator, and when you want to put it on your salad, you shake it up. We forget to shake some things up, but we don't forget to shake the salad dressing up because of the way it looks. And so for just a moment, it'll mix together, and we pour it on our salad, and you put it back in your refrigerator, and you look back at it after a while, and it is going to be separated again. The oil is going to get away from the water, and the water is going to get away from the oil, and they are going to be completely separate again. They don't want to be together, and they don't mix well together. They are divided now, something else in your refrigerator is mayonnaise. And mayonnaise is also made up of oil and water. Yet, you see no distinction. You see no division. You do not see layers in the mayonnaise. And that's because the mayonnaise has an emulsifier. Or There you go. There's another big word. That one's not important. That one's not necessary. But an emulsifier is a stabilizer. There is something that brings this oil and water in the mayonnaise together, and that is egg. Egg makes harmony between the two and brings them to be able to be together and make one substance. I say that because God and man is like oil and water. No one was born right with God. No one was born on God's side. No one has 
always believed as we've heard people say that before. People, no one has ever always been on God's side. There is a separation between God and man. But Jesus Christ and His cross is the emulsifier between God and man and brings harmony where there is hostility, where there is enemy territory, there is peace that is made by Christ and His cross. He brings God and mankind together. God has done a reconciling work to take us from being the enemy of God to being in harmony with God. I studied this word years ago, and that word reconciliation just puts a smile on my face. It's a good word. It's a beautiful word. Within just that one word, you can just think of all of the work that God has done to make us a way to Him. And it's a beautiful thing. If I were to want to give you a definition of the word reconciliation, in one word, I would just make that word peace. We see that in verse 20 there in the first few words. It says, and having made peace. Peace is a good definition for reconciliation. And peace comes by the cross of Christ. The cross of our Lord changes one's condition with God. A difference has been resolved at the cross. We go from foe to friendly by way of the cross. A fight ended in peaceful agreement at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. A battle between man's sinfulness and God's holiness is now over because of what was done at Calvary for you and I. It's over, and though God's holiness and man's sinfulness do not go together, the sinner can have peace with a holy God by way of the cross. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is an amazing emulsifier. If I were to want to give you one word for the meaning of reconciliation, the means of reconciliation, I would make that word blood by what we see here in verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of His cross. Many people misunderstand God because they have missed the reconciling work that the Father planned, and the reconciling work that the Son carried out for us. People miss this, so people make God out to be a bully and full of a lot of harsh rules. And they really miss who God is in this. Others who miss this peace 
covenant-keeping promise that God has made to us through His work, they are trying to become right with God by their own effort. There are those in this world who are trying to achieve what they could freely receive that Jesus achieved for them, but they miss the reconciling work. So they are down a dead-end road of work. It's tragic to miss this work of God or to dismiss this work of God and the peace that the Father provided for mankind through His Son. God made peace through the blood of His Son's cross. There's a company that provides a service and they came to a preacher's house one day and quickly the conversation as it should or would in a preacher's house went from the service they were doing to the service the preacher is about. And so the conversation became spiritual and the man spoke to the preacher of all kinds of religion that he had been a part of and he assured the preacher that he had peace with God. Yet at the very same time, he was doing everything he could to change the subject as fast as possible. And he got his work done and he got out of the preacher's house, as it was told, as quick as he possibly could. Peace is established only by the blood of Jesus. There is no other way for anyone to have peace. There is no real peace before someone is saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, by believing in Him and what He has done for us. Jesus gives peace within. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Life. He's the one who gives peace. And there's no other way. He gives it within. That man that came in that preacher's house and ran out as quick as he could was a crystal clear picture of someone that had no peace, though they were trying to do everything that they could to say they had peace without the blood of the cross. It's not possible for us to be at peace with God without the blood of His Son's cross. The establishment of peace is through the blood. The extent of peace we see in verse 20, well, it's to the entire world. By Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. There is no limit to the power and the extent of the reconciling work of our God. He is able, He is able to reconcile the entire world unto Himself, if the world would. I heard a sermon one time that says Jesus would, but they wouldn't. And that's the only limitation. It's on the person to reject the blood of God's Son. The must of reconciliation we see in verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, 
Yet now hath he reconciled. No one has always believed in the Lord. Do you see the words that describe us there? Alienated and enemies of God. Hostile and hateful toward God. People are that way, though God has brought this truth into clear print in His book. It's amazing how many people will not believe or admit their state of hostility and being an enemy of God. The Bible is clear that the enemy of God becomes a child of God only through reconciliation, only through the reconciling work of God. We begin carnal and we must become spiritual. We begin natural and we must become supernatural through the peacemaking work of God for us. Everyone is in one of two categories. You know, many people can't explain their position with God. You ask people, and, and when, when you bring them to the point that they really can't say where they stand with God, you would think they would be more concerned. Some people say that it can't be known what our condition is with God. But here in this word of reconciliation, we find here the conversion of our soul to the Lord and how it happens and the way that was made to God And it's made very clear for you and I here in this word. I remember that day of reconciliation. And so do you in your life, child of God. What a great day that was, as the song says, when glory came down and heaven filled your soul. What a beautiful day that was when we were reconciled to God. It's an experience and we know it. It's kind of like the other song says, I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. The world talks about the unknown. And there are some things that are unknown, and and, and we can trust our Father with it. But there is so much that is known. And it is known within us if we have been reconciled to God. You know, when most souls get saved... They don't know the depth of reconciliation. They hadn't learned this by the time that they were just saved. I know I hadn't, but I remember going through it and studying it and able to rejoice in my heart just as you were in your heart that you could look at something that you hadn't seen before and though you had been saved, you said, that's what happened to me. Praise God, I was reconciled to the Lord by the blood of His cross. There's a miracle of reconciliation that we can look at in verse 22. In the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. God set a penalty in place for sin. And that penalty was for man. And the penalty 
became death. And it can't change. And here we are, every single one of us, guilty of sin. And we deserve the penalty. And there is no way within ourselves that any of us are going to do anything to be able to overcome the penalty that God has set in place. A miracle is needed for you and I to be right with God. It took a miracle for us to be reconciled. For you and I to be pardoned from our sin... It took something far above and beyond you and I to make this happen. For our consequence of our sin ultimately to be wiped away, for us to owe no debt for our sin, it took something miraculous. That's exactly what happened. Jesus Christ provided a miracle for us. Jesus Christ, being fully God, became fully man, the one the penalty was set for, and He came to this earth. God gave Himself a body in His Son, Jesus Christ, that He might take His body and that He might lay it on the cross and that He might pay that penalty for our sin. The sinless Son of God qualified to pay the penalty for you and I that God set in place. He completely satisfied the Father's demands because sin had to be paid for by man because that's what God set in place. And His justice had to be satisfied. And Jesus died for us. That makes God just and justifier to save sinners like you and I. God cannot do anything He wants. God cannot do what is unrighteous. God cannot do what is wrong. So having set the penalty, He sent His Son to make it right for a sinner to be able to go to heaven. And He took it out on the body and on the life of His Son. Jesus Christ was the proper sacrifice. He was the only sacrifice. And He was a sacrifice that was pleasing to God in His sinlessness to sacrifice for our sins. God gave His perfectly righteous Son in a body to represent us to be able to satisfy God, something we couldn't do. And Jude says, the Lord is able to present us faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. We have been reconciled to God through the blood of His Son. It was a miracle. It took a miracle. And God planned a miracle, and Jesus Christ provide the miraculous work that we could be made right with God. There's a mark of reconciliation we can look at in verse 23, and that's really what we're going to do here is just 
clean up a misunderstanding that many have of this verse. It says, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Let me simply say what this mark of reconciliation is before we talk about what it isn't. This mark of reconciliation we see in this verse, this is simply the blessings that Christians get to experience as they walk with the Lord in this life. That is what it is. What it is not is that of being losing your salvation. This is written toward the end of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and chapter 2, you can give that a subheading of Jesus plus nothing equals salvation or completeness of salvation is in Jesus Christ. So that's the context. That's what these two chapters are saying. So losing salvation, it doesn't fit because it's not true. It doesn't fit because the opposite is the context of these two chapters. Salvation in Jesus is not, plus, is not Jesus plus the worshiping of angels. It's not Jesus plus observing certain days. It's not Jesus plus baptism. It's not Jesus plus circumcision. Salvation is not Jesus plus anything else at all. Salvation is Jesus. And if salvation is our eternal Lord and Savior, Jesus then nothing can happen to it because Jesus is salvation and it can't be lost. Christ is completely sufficient for you and I in salvation to take us to heaven. This verse then does not speak of being excommunicated from salvation, but you notice the phrase here, moved away from the hope of the gospel. That mean, that's a warning that someone can be born again. They can be a child of God, yet not experiencing the blessings of God in this life. Yet not experiencing all that God has for us. The blessings within our salvation are not experienced if one be moved away. If they're not living in God's will. After the burden of sin has been lifted in salvation, then there are the blessings in this life that are offered. Blessings we see in verse 22 of the hope of the gospel and a presenting of ourselves holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight, knowing the position that God has given you and I, and walking with the Lord, and able to rejoice in that every day. Praise God. We have been reconciled. Someone said that God built a bridge to reconcile us, us 
to Him by one cross and three nails. That's all it took to build that bridge. And it made a way to God. The way of the cross leads home. The little boy lost in town. Seems like I told you about this a while back. This little boy lost in town and wandering around. And a man stopped and, and saw the boy boohooing. And he was as lost as he could be. And, and the man said, can I help you, son? Well, I don't know where my house is. I, I got turned around and I can't find my way home. And the man says, is there anything I can do? And the boy, a little light bulb went off in his head and he said, I tell you what, if you can get me to the cross, I can find my way home. The little country towns called the one intersection in town, the cross. Get me to the cross and I can find my way home. The only way a person is going to find their way home to heaven is by way of the cross. That's where the reconciling work of God was done for you and I through the blood of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight and you've never been reconciled to God, you don't have that peace that only God can make between you and Him. You must come through His Son. You must come through the blood of His Son. You must come to Jesus through His reconciling work in order to avoid hell. It's a must. There's no other way. There's no amount of church attendance or any religious work that we can do whatsoever for this to happen. It is only in Jesus and no more than Jesus. It's in Jesus alone that we avoid hell by what He has done for us and by who He is. As for God's people, here we are upon this earth. And God has left us here. He has left us here for His glory. And just as Paul gave Corinth a word and a message and a work, it's that same message and work for you and I today. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul told Corinth that we have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. It's a good word to look at. It's a good word to study. It's a good work of God that He has done for you and I. It's a good word for us to have for others. We, we all have a message. Not everybody's called to be the pastor or preacher, but every Christian is a minister and every Christian has a message. Be ye reconciled to God. Reconciliation. What God has done for us. That's a message for a lost and dying world. That's a message for a world that you and I are out and in every day of our lives. Passing those who do not have the personal work of this reconciliation. Giving them peace with God like it has us. Let us take this message and take it to those who are lost. Tonight, if there be one here, and you understand that you were born hostile to God, that 
It's not like many religions have said. It's not just a way of, of just kind of coasting and gravitating into religion and thinking that you're good, but you have to go from hostility, the enemy of God, to having peace with God. You can't make it, but Jesus Christ made it, and you can accept it, and you can be saved here tonight. Peace with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, the problems and the pain and a lot of certain suffering that that, that solves for you and I to come to peace with God, knowing that He is our Father. We're going to bow to the Lord in a word of prayer and... May you obey God as He has moved on your heart to do for Him, to come to Him, to be a messenger for Him of His reconciliation. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, as we come to you tonight to share a portion of your word, I thank you, Lord, for, for the way we can take one word of yours and just see just endless truth in what you have done through the ministry of your Son for us and to us, through the ministry of your Holy Spirit for us and to us, that it might be for your glory that we might be saved, that you might take the sinful and accept them into your holiness by what you've done through Jesus Christ to provide us with an eternal salvation. We thank you for this tonight, Lord. We thank you for the love that you have expressed. If there's one here tonight, dear God, who does not know the experience of your love, may they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, may they experience the pardon from all their sins and to know you as Father. Lord, for us, your people, Lord, move us to faithfulness with your word, with your message, so others can be reconciled to you. And we pray these things in the mighty and wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.